The message you're about to listen to is from Pentecost International Worship Center. PIWC Accra is a ministry of the Church of Pentecost. We pray that the entrance of the Word of God would bring light and impart understanding to your hearts. And now, the message for today. together with courts that cannot be broken. In Christ Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. I'm once again thankful to God for the gift of life and the opportunity to come to PIWC Accra. So we're looking at firm family foundations. Firm family foundations. I have five questions that we're going to attempt to address. First, what are the foundational issues? Second, nine not-so-nice fault lines in families. Thirdly, the features of today's family. Then we are also going to try to answer the question, are we missing family moments? And finally, how do we stay safe and study as a family? So, my charge is to encourage individuals who are here. Secondly, to enrich relationships that exist within this place and those who are on social media. Thirdly, to empower families. And finally, to enhance the harmony that exists between us. We start with a reading from Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. And it reads, I will give you as light to the nations that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. Then the second reading is Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. Amen? Our third reading is from Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14. And I looked and I rose and said to the nobles and to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Beloved in the Lord, this conversation is crucial because there are clear signs of fault lines within foundations in many homes. And there are individuals who are struggling in their marriages simply because the fault lines are disturbing them. They are building superstructure that looks very glamorous, I'm very imposing, but the foundations are giving way. When you go to Kumasi, just around the Makun, uh, Asokwa Interchange, there's, there are two-story buildings with black tiles on them. I heard that those buildings, these are huge buildings, and they cannot use them because it's been compromised. And I heard it for the first time during President Kufu's time. It's still there. I don't know why it's still there. We're a nation that is very slow at acting. I was in Milan, and I was taken to a facility, a twin tower, close to about 38 floors, all glass. And there were no vehicles in the place. So I asked the brother who had taken me there, what's happening? He said, these buildings were not built to specifications, and the owners have rejected it. And the entire structure was going to be pulled down in two weeks. And I was like, wow. Why don't they bring this to Ghana? 
Because we'll stay in. Let it kill us. We like it. That's the state. It's tragic, isn't it? Now we need to take our marriages and relationships between champagne and congratulations. Enough of the don't know. It's sufficient. And for those of you who are not married, look beyond champagne popping and congratulatory messages you receive. Hello, yeah, here come Mr. and Mrs. That's not enough. In the marriages of today, it's either you are growing wisely or you are growing worse. And there are individuals who in the marriage will grow wisely. And as they grow, they grow beautifully and they look very exquisite. But there are others who are groaning, lamenting, wailing, because the home now has become a torture chamber instead of a heaven for an individual to thrive. And some are barely subsisting or surviving, if you like. And the children that were supposed to be a blessing are gradually becoming a burden. And it's either your children are a burden to you or they are a blessing. And you have to choose between one of them. But I pray that our children indeed will represent what God wants it to be, that they are a blessing from the Lord. And if that is going to happen, it means that husbands and wives, as the thrusting of the foundation is laid, we have to enhance the relationship between husbands and wives in able to raise the children together. Typically, you have two types of families. You have a dysfunctional family and a functional family. And each one of us may be oscillating between the two because from time to time you may be exhibiting some dysfunctionality. I've said it elsewhere that marriage is oftentimes, you know, a journey between two points. And the first point is tranquility. The second point is turbulence. I'm yet to find any marriage that does not oscillate between the two, including mine. There are periods I go through a lot of turbulence. And the turbulence could be in, intrapersonal turbulence. It has nothing to do with my wife or children. It's just me struggling with some things that I need to deal with. Then there could be turbulence between you and your spouse or your children. And those things are part of life. Are we together, church? Too many people become idealistic and think they want this fairy tale spouse. And I say that a good husband or wife sometimes feel like a burden. I've sat with people who wake up in the middle of the night and look at their spouse and ask themselves, why did I marry this fellow? What did I see, really? What really got me ticking? It is part of marriage. If you're not ready for that journey where the person feels like an overwhelming blessing, then you come to church. Pray Then the husband or wife is a blessing. <laughs> but when the husband or wife becomes a birdie, Pastor Kingsley, talk to the woman. Oh. <laughs> Pastor Kingsley, you, have, you better advise him. <laughs> because I'm leaving. <laughs> leaving to where? <laughs> For this fair weather friendship that we see on television, nobody wants to hurt each other. We are walking as if we are walking on coals of fire, tiptoeing. It's not in marriage. In marriage, it's a rough terrain. The terrain is turbulent. When you embark on certain flights, my worst nightmare of turbulence was across the Sahara from the Netherlands. We could not be served our food. <laughs> and we could not move. Look at the entire span of the Sahara. <laughs> and everybody was sitting stiff. 
You know, when I sat down, I, it reminded me of when we were in primary school. Anytime you were going to the washroom and you got there, there was somebody that you have to stand and take five stones. Either take five stones or ten stones. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you, you put saliva on your finger, index finger, and put it on your navel. And for some strange reason, it worked. <laughs> I don't know how. Maybe the doctors here can teach us how it worked. But it worked. And you just held your foot together and stood like a military officer <laughs> on parade. Or maybe the military officer at the Buckingham Palace. I don't know how those guys do it. But they stand, you can touch him and he's not moving. I said, whoa. And in your marriage, you can experience that. And I tell you, when they disengaged and said, we can now access the restrooms, there was a flooding of people. We all rushed. And then they said, the aircraft is compromised. Everybody go back to your seat. In a dysfunctional family, the people continuously are hurting. The hurt is unabated. They find no healing for the hurt. And because they are hurting, the individuals in the family are unhealthy. And health is not that you didn't go to hospital. That is why I don't like that testimony. Somebody will come and say, I think now I'm in call hospital. Dr. Nji Misika. <laughs> and they are, they are testifying. Sisters, go easy. Just go do medical screening and come and talk to us. <laughs> the fact of not going to hospital is not indicative that you are healthy. You may have cognitive sense problems. You may even have other issues you don't even know. And some of it may not even be discovered or found by diagnosis, but you still carry them. Let's go slow. we have a functional family. In the functional family, the people get hurt, but healing is found. And because of that, the individuals are healthy in the home. The family's face is changing. And it's scary for society. We've also seen parents pursuing more. There is this drive and this pursuit for more. And it's driving parents away from home. The person is in school. She's in a formal employment. She has a side gig. That takes a chunk of their time. And is doing some stuff also through network online. That's pursuing more. It's not bad to pursue more. But pursuing more at the expense of your home is detrimental. There's a threat of breakdown and breakups of the family bond all over the place. The ease with which people want to walk out of marriages is scary. The stress of rising early from bed and retiring to bed late is real. These are not too nice. A heaven that is to produce healthy human beings now has become a horror chamber. There is the challenge of enforcing discipline and values. It's a huge one for parents. I've seen parents who have done videos of their children on social media and it's pathetic. Family times and moments together are becoming fewer. Fewer times for families to be together. It's real. It's real. Handing down family traditions, values, and legacies are becoming very difficult. There is no guarantee that your children will love the Lord because you love God. It's not a guaranteed outcome. If it is going to happen, we've got to be intentional. We've got to do that deliberately. 
And my diagnosis of these fault lines are that first, some of the crises are divine in their rooting. Some of them also are crises that the evil forces bring to us. We know that we have an adversary, the devil, who roars like a lion seeking someone to devour. And if he doesn't get the parents, aims at the children. The Lord gave me a message in Pari once, and it's titled, Owo Enichikosia. Owo Enichikosia. Do you know why there is empty between the seed of the woman and the serpent? Because when you are able to take seed, arrest the seed, generations are curtailed. That is why there is a whole battle for embryos. Many Christians don't see it that way. The rescue and the salvation of embryos mean a lot to God. Because right from conception, God defines destinies. It is not when the child is born with an air. It is when there are clot of blood in the womb. Clot. He didn't say size. He said clot. Because the life of a person is not in the size, but it's in the blood. That is why blood speaks. That is why the blood of Abel will speak. And we have blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And it is the blood of Jesus. There are also crises other people bring upon us in this life, in our homes. Then there are also crises we ourselves bring upon ourselves. Then I have seen in my work that there are some crises you can't tell the cause. I'm being very honest. Now, when you look at the typical family, we have different, different kinds of families today. We have single parent home. We have what we call no parent homes. There are people who are doing what we call self-parenting. They left Boise. You know, when one guy told me, if you Boise, I'm ever had. I said, Boise, every Apparently, they were saying Obuase. And those from that place, they don't say Obuase. Same as Obuase. The O is. <laughs> it's almost like congenital twins. O and the B become congenital. So, Obuase. <laughs> we also have child free marriages and child free families. Then we also have a new variant called the childless marriage and childless family. Child-free marriage and child-free families. You see, childless is different from child-free. Child-free is when the couple decide we won't have a child. We'll focus on just us. And it's a new variant that is rising all over the world. Then we have grandparent-run homes. These are part of the families in the church. Now, some of these grandparent-run homes will be due to the death of the couple or abandonment or absence of the primary caregivers or when there is abuse in the place. So they take the children and the best custody is grandparents. Then we have single-parent homes. Recently did a study of single parents in the Bible and I was impressed. That the Bible has a lot to talk about single parents in the Bible. Let us not bash them that they can amount to nothing. They can do something. Because there are a lot of single parents raised boys and girls who have become very functional and fulfilled individuals in life. The ideal situation is they ought to be father and mother. But in the absence of that, God supplies to meet the needs of the lonely. And God doesn't want anybody to be raised lonely. And so he puts the lonely in families. We also have step-parent families. We also have blended families. We have what we call our faith family. So PIWC Accra is a faith family. That's why we can sing, We heirs of the Father. We are joined heirs with the Son. We are children of His kingdom. We are a family and we are one. 
Old somebody, tell him that I love you. Lift your hands together and praise the Lord. Old somebody, tell him that I love you. Lift your hands together and praise the Lord. How can I say I love you when I haven't even asked your name? But we are a family. Then we have a new one called the social media communities. The Facebooks, the WhatsApp, the Instagram, the Twitter, and all the Telegram, and all the other variants over, over 70 different platforms that exist today. These are all families. But I watched a movie when I was in training somewhere in South Africa, and it is titled Stuart Little. It's a beautiful movie, family movie. And this boy wanted a brother, and so the parents decided to go and do an adoption, and they adopted a mouse. And this mouse was brought home to be introduced by the couple. Now, this mouse is brought into the house. The little boy is going to school. He's expecting his brother. He comes home, and the parents introduce him to this mouse. Even before the boy got home to be introduced to the mouse, who is his new brother. This is a talking mouse, by the way. It happens only in movies. Our sons and daughters, they don't know that. So sometimes they think it can happen in real life. <laughs> now, as soon as they place the mouse on the table, waiting for the boy to be introduced to this hamster, there was a cat in the house. And the cat has been there for long. <laughs> he has become landlord in the house. So the cat pounced on this mouse. And the couple said to him, Stop! Drop him! We do not eat family members. When I watched the clip, that line really caught my attention. In all the entire movie, the line, We do not eat family members. We do not eat family members. So if in a church we say we are a family, we can't eat one another. Our body may be delicious, may be edible, may look like a consumable item. My mom, when she was alive, said something to me, Kwame, in a family, I'm proposing six things to be evident in a family. Number one, Fellowship of faithful friends. If you live in a home where the people there cannot be friends with you, trouble. Number two, it is in the family that your worth is affirmed. In a family, one man said, I have no family here. I do fear you stupid. Listen, he says, Here, yeah, I'm a non entity, but when I get home, I'm treated as stupid because he has heard the word stupid. He thought it's a new lexicon to be added. In a family, your value is known. That is why when somebody dies, you see, the family will travel from wherever. They want the body. Because even dead bodies are worth the family's time. How many of you have read the, read the book, The Child Called It? If you haven't read it. In a family, we mean well at all times, even when it hurts. When my dad was taking us through very harrowing times, my mom would say, To wit, the crab doesn't bite. It is this handshake that hurts. Because family members, they mean well. They don't mean to destroy you. Unless they are characters that aim to destroy you. Then they are hired agents of the devil. Because we know the devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So anybody who does that is like the son or child of the devil. The other thing I see in a family, in real expression of family, there are interdependent exchanges. That is why nobody is an island. Nobody has it all. Nobody can do it all by themselves. Nobody knows it all because in the family, the exchanges are interdependent. 
It is why I get shocked when I hear some people say, I'm an independent woman. I'm an independent man. No human being wants an independent person around them. If you haven't learned from COVID that we co-depend on each other and that you have to protect yourself, in protecting yourself, you also end up protecting me. Oh, praise God. In a family, we lean on each other. We don't just say lean on me, <laughs> lean on me. No, we actually lean on each other. We need each other to survive. That song, I need you, you need me. You are a part of God. You are part of God's what? And there's a promise. I won't hurt you. I will pray for you. And when we are singing, you see, we, sing, we sing with Vim. I will pray for you. You pray for me. <laughs> are you sure you pray for the person? In a typical family, we yearn to be together. If you are in a family, and when you leave home, your absence is not felt. And when you arrive, your presence is not noticed. It's not a family. In a family, if you are not there, you'll be seen to be absent. And so, what are we supposed to do in closing? Hillary Clinton, a very powerful woman in America, said, don't confuse having a career with having life. There are too many of us who have confused career for life. But you see, no matter how high you rise, if your family cannot applaud what you do, then you are in trouble. I know people have won Best Worker Award and they bring citations to the house and their spouses go, now you see, and you need hear This is not the most important thing in life. I was in one corporate group doing a presentation on how to balance love and work. And one guy had just chatted. He had used a long time to chatter. And when he was going to a brief, he got information that he had passed the exam. He was excited. But the information came at a time he and his wife were having a rough patch. That week, they have not spoken. If they had spoken, it was functional communication. Where is the money? It's here. <laughs> Where is my food? It is there. It's here and there. <laughs> so the young men and women, when they go into marriage and experience, I say, I didn't know this one is part of. I said, it's part of the bouquet. <laughs> Anybody who tells you otherwise is just joking. They are not telling you marriage according to life. They are telling you marriage according to Hollywood. <laughs> because marriage according to Hollywood, they always hold flour. <laughs> Toothpaste smile. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you are fine. You can... <laughs> that is marriage according to Hollywood. <laughs> and they are actually full of enemies. Because the Bible says an enemy multiplies kisses. <laughs> but faithful are the wounds of a friend. You didn't hear that one. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you have a friend who hasn't hurt you before, they are not yet at the level of friendship. Friends hurt you. And when they hurt you, you can't even stand. Because they are the ones who can speak. Look, my wife one day looked at me and said, I told her, I wish I am Can you imagine? Elder, Holy Ghost field. And she had the boldness to tell me, I am Meanwhile, in my father's house, in camp meetings, youth meetings, nobody has ever told me who I'm I've shared room with pastors. Then this lady here looked at me and said, Who am I? I said, Oh boy. It hurts you, it shakes your ego. It detonates your bubble. And it deflates your power to want to say, me too, are they here? Oboa. And the evidence is that my daughters also came and they said, that the last time you were snoring. I said, by the map of two or more witnesses, a matter shall be established. The issue is resolved. 
Now, I want each one of us to go back home and review our home situation with three simple questions. Number one, I want you as a family, this is what I call healthy heart habits for homes. The first thing is recall good things that have stopped. What were some of the good things you were doing as husband and wife? What were some of the good things you were doing as a couple? What were the good things you were doing as a family that have stopped? Number two, review ugly things. These are ugly things that must stop as soon as possible. These are things happening right now that we need to cut. And number three, record some awesome things that must start. And reaching habits that must start now. And so how do we stay safe as a family and stay supportive and steady as a home? I have some propositions. Number one, look at moments together. You see, the beautiful thing with moments is that they are great times for growth. When families find time and create moments to be together, it's great time for growth. Number two, Fellowship time strengthens our faith. And as a family, take note that our fellowship times, whether at our home or within the congregational setting, it strengthens our faith. Number two, visitations actually reveal our humanity. And so if you don't visit others, it's dangerous. They say I should tell you. <laughs> It seems that one was just for him. Please, visitations reveal our humanity. Jesus said, I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And was when? He said, when you did it for the other, you did it for me. You see, the thing with, with Christianity is that what you do, you don't do for yourself. That's why that song is not, if you do good, you do for yourself. It's not for Christians. Because you see, Jesus talks about whatever you do, you do for the Lord. In word or in deed, you do it in his name. The fourth one, rest. I see a lot of people not resting. Many Christians are burning out. Because we don't discipline ourselves to rest. Rest provides you rejuvenation and renewal. And as a family, you must find time to rest. Rest from your phone. Rest from television. Rest from the internet. Rest and rest and rest. It's called follow ground. Number five. Fun times create lasting memories. In your home, find time to have fun. One guy said to me, Pentecost, be my dear, also when you He said, a man who is Pentecostal, when you come home, you must have a heavy face. Your countenance must be heavy. So, when he enters his house, now you look at the office, the guy who is anointed, when he comes, how does he walk? <laughs> he just came from the womb of God. And you, <laughs> you, you are a grandchild of God. He is the child of God. <laughs> they throw their weight. They are pouting. They show some facial expression as if they've taken bitter lemon. No smile, because smile is an anathema. It's unspiritual to smile. Some, some people don't even smile. Do you know, even behind the mask, when you smile, we'll know. <laughs> Let's start smiles. The next thing we sometimes we skip is shopping together. Praise the Lord. Are there some women in the house? Oh, <laughs> now note that there are two types of shopping on the screen. There is window shopping and there is purchasing. <laughs> some women are saying we don't want window shopping. You see, some men are here, they don't shop for their spouse. They don't buy anything. If you ask him, what's your wife's brazier size? He doesn't know. Meanwhile, he says he's the husband. And the wife's body is his own. Are you owner of something, a steward of something, and you don't know the, the specs, eh? the body mass index? You should know it. BMI. I, a man who was going to buy brazier for his wife, I was told that all he did was to put his hand on the wife's breast like this. 
And then as he was going, he was just walking. So as he sat in the taxi, somebody just shrugged him. Hey, what's up, my dear? What's up, my What's up, my dear? Yet the son of Tobrezia. And so, brothers and sisters, there is window shopping and there is proper shopping. And let's train our children because that is where budgeting habits start. You can take your children to the mall and tell them, we are not buying anything. We're just looking, scouting around, comparing prices. And when we have done the comparison, we'll come later and buy. It reduces impulse buying and trains them to learn to actually dispense money they want to dispense with. Number seven, reunions. Let's try to do reunions. Why do they do old school reunion? It's for a reason. To maintain the momentum and the spark and reconnect and re-engage. Family reunions also strengthen and deepen bonds. Let's not say we become Christians so family reunions are not necessary. Also, travels and trips they are such a great source of adventure. I have one elder. I'll mention his name. He's called Elder Blade. He was a presider of Kosovo PRWC. Elder Blade does something beautiful. I haven't been able to do it, but I think if you can do it, it's fine. He has driven all through Ghana with his family. From the south to the north. They take time and they do what they call whisper stops. He gets to Cape Coast, they spend the night there. It doesn't have to be an exquisite hotel. A place we can rest. Have sound sleep. Talk Cape Coast. Then the next day we go to Takradi. That's what he's done. And he's been able to travel the entire length and breadth of this country with his family. It's a form of adventure. Brothers and sisters, let's make time to travel. Some of us have traveled abroad. But Ghana, you don't know Kukumpe. Walk your children through Makola. Let them see that this is also life. You move from East Legon just to shopping mall. Back to East Legon, shopping mall. East Legon, shopping mall. They see Makola and say, hey, where is this? <laughs> Our daughter was supposed to start school. Away from us. I asked her to take trotro. Because we've driven her to school all her life, literally. And she went to Mokolo and said, Daddy, it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> and now she's enjoying it. She said, I went to Agbabuloshi. She's now finding places because we don't live in Accra. We are Temenians, the people of Tema. The only city in the Bible. Don't laugh. Now, Momo, you think Accra is in the Bible? Google Tema is in the Bible. Tema is there. The city where God lives. Number eight. Tradition and culture. You see, when people become Christians, we rubbish tradition. But you see, there is a good side of tradition. There is good side to culture. And we need to teach our sons and daughters. I was listening to Professor Michael Quill recently saying that they should stop playing the chief voiceover on these Indian movies because it's the erosion of our culture. My dear brothers and sisters, we must hand down that to our children because it introduces them to best practice. A tradition like reading the Bible, you must pass it down to your children. A tradition like honesty, you must pass it down to your children. One of the things I teach my daughters is if I send you to buy something, the remaining money, if I haven't given it to you, don't keep it. And when they try to hold it, I insist you must give it to me. And I tell them, I will give you what I want to give you. But the moment you hijack this, it's tantamount to stealing. It's so important. You know, Ghana has the youngest masquerader who walks on stick? They are handing tradition to this boy. You should Google him and watch him on YouTube. You should see his skill. Somebody decided to groom him and hand this masquerade tradition to him. Whom are you handing a tradition of Christ likeness to? 
And finally, planned outings create relaxation. What is the way forward? The way forward is simple. Let us shield every heart in every home. Because when we shield the hearts in the homes, the hearts in the home will produce healthy habits in society. And our neighborhood will be at peace. The foundation that I believe we should lay is the foundation of the heart. And when we lay the foundation of the heart, we'll be able to build a structure of habits. And those habits will be glorifying to God. This is my question. Second Samuel chapter 6 from verse 14. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the houses, the house of Israel, brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now at the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Micah, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and wailing before the Lord, and she despised him. Inside, husband and wife. Carry on. So they brought the ark, verse 18. And when David had finished offering, then offering, peace offering, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. He's going home now. Then he distributed among all the people, among most of Israel, both the women and the men and all of that. Let's see where he's going home. 20. Then David returned to bless his household. He has gone home. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out. Now the wife is coming to confront him what she saw in, from the window. How glorious the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today. Did David uncover himself? But the wife is maximizing the whole scenario. Uncovering himself today in the eyes of maids of servants as one of the base fellow seamlessly uncovers himself. Then let's see the response from David. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. So I want to ask this question. So as he was preaching, I quickly went into this scripture. <laughs> uh, how do you address this? <laughs> this kind of... Uh... <laughs> you know that um, different personalities respond to different situations differently. Now, for instance, if you told this to a choleric, clearly, you get the response that David was giving. He's insinuating at the wife, throwing what they call die traps at her. And this is typically a choleric response. Because the cholerics like rebuttals. They refute stuff to affirm and assert themselves authoritatively. That's what cholerics do. But they are driven by adrenaline. Now, a melancholy, on the other hand, faced with this, will withdraw. Because they'll be hurt. They are perfectionists, so they want an intact emotion. They want to stay healthy. Phlegmatic would recall the same. Because they tend to be like fraternal twins. The sanguine, on the other hand, <laughs> what did I just hear you say? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> that I disgraced myself in front of the people. He could say by the same, it was before the Lord. Your father is not the one I'm dancing before. But you know what? This dance, I danced though, and the people were excited though, and I would dance again given the opportunity. You see, these are human tendencies. But I think that we've got to stay away from language that demeans people. Language that takes the humanity out of people. So, for instance, typically a parent will say, you're a thief because the child has stolen something. The fact of the child stealing something does not mean they're a thief. Thief is their person. You have stolen something. You are lazy. You see, you have personified the issue. 
and made it a personality. If you're not careful, your child will live with that. But you are acting lazy. It's different from you are lazy. You see, you are acting. So it is not them, but it is the attitude. Unfortunately, you have a lot of people using language in ways that do not help. And Mikhail's own, it's not from the lips what she said. Because in her heart, and remember from the very first day I engaged you, I told you, let us not focus too much on habits, but the heart. The heart. That is why God looks at the heart of Mikhail and says she had despised David, her husband. I know people. Hey, bless the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> What's up, man? Bro, Charlie, town. As soon as you yeah, don't mind him, wait. She be for and say, Sorry, but they'll say it. Buffoon. They call you all kinds of names. They stab you on the back. I mean, that is exactly what Michal did to David. This is a man called a man after God's heart. If for nothing, he danced. I know young guys who are dating. All of a sudden, this was a guy who could come to church and dance and do press up. He's doing press up. Whoa, 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 whoa. They form a circle. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then a lady comes into his life. He does press up back on her. Now the same brother, he can't do it again. And the worst is when he gets a wife and the wife says, I'm pregnant. When the men's ministry are dancing, you see him standing. Pastor Kinsey will say, men, please come. No. He's thinking of SMA. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> we all go through. I mean, look at me. Papa just said me. I, I prepare Milo drink for my daughter. And she looked me in the face and said, Daddy, I don't like it. I said, Why? Your Milo is not sweet. <laughs> because, see, me, I went to Kofodia Sectech. And Kofodia Sectech, the Milo is light. Milo, you can see through the Milo. <laughs> the viscosity levels are low. It means the density is low. The mother in Pampa. Have you taken Milo in Pampa? <laughs> you can't see through. <laughs> with milk or without milk, it tastes good. My own even with milk and sugar, it is not sweet. These are things about life. You see, if we don't become relaxed, you will break. You will destroy yourself. And you think marriage is not working. The problem is not the marriage. It is the characters in the marriage. And Mikhail's womb was cut off. And she became barren. I pray that your attitude towards one another should be positive. You see, Socrates once said, the greatest way to live with honor is to be what you pretend to be. The greatest way to live with honor is to be what you pretend to be. So if you pretend to be a good wife, be a good wife and you'll be more honorable. If you pretend to be a good husband, be a good husband and you'll be more honorable. If you pretend to be a good daddy, a good mom, be a good mom for that matter and you'll be more honorable. If you pretend to be a good son, a good daughter, be a good daughter. This guy, the mother comes to school to look for him. And the mother mentions his name. And nobody knows him. So one guy stood there and said, I don't know. Ah, you know, be the, mother, the mother said, Okay, Pimini. Who's the thing? Who's the mother of Renadeng? Cheche. Or your cheche fly. Mikael, this guy is walking in the house like an angel that has their drop. Meanwhile, on campus, 
Cheche. May God not make you cheche. Be a treasure in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the word of God through this message. If you desire to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, please say this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You came to die because of my sins. I therefore accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. So help me, God. Amen. If you just said this prayer, we welcome you to the family of God. Are you looking to find a place of worship where there is relevant teaching, heartfelt worship, passion and action toward the unsaved, constant prayer, compassionate care for the needy, and honest Christ-centered relationships? Then join us fellowship at the PIWC Dome at the Accra Technical Training Center, ATTC Kokomlimli Accra. Join our Miracle Dawn service every Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. and our Friday prayer meeting, dubbed Cry Out, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, contact us on 0208-779-774-0277-144-128 and 0502-444-814. You can also visit our website at piwcacra.org to know more. And let's get interactive on all social media platforms at PIWC Accra. Thank you. Until next time. We pray that you would reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace. You are blessed.